Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the 32nd episode of The Soccer Scene, where I'm joined once again by Noel O'Connor. Noel, we're in good spirits tonight. Uh, it was a super weekend for 3D United. A huge 4-1 victory over Premier Division side UCD in the quarterfinal of the Extra.E FEI Cup. It was a brilliant night, Noel, overall. Obviously, the performance was brilliant from 3D for throughout the 90 minutes. Then you had the atmosphere, which, you know, the likes of Tommy Barrett and the 3D team were calling for. They got probably... 800, 900, close, and close enough to 1,000 compared to recent crowds. And there was a real togetherness, obviously, afterwards as well between the supporters and the players, which I hadn't seen, obviously, since they reached the, the playoffs last year and maybe not even even then. Uh, a brilliant night overall for the club. Yes, it was a great night, great night to be there. And you mentioned the playoffs last year. It was night and day. Um, the performance was outstanding. Um, played really well as a team. It was hard to, to pick out a weak link. Um, they got their tactics spot on. They were well up for the game. Um, very aggressive in the right way. And uh, really didn't give um, UCD a, a sniff. I thought Tommy's interview was being a little bit kind to uh, UCD after the game where he felt that the 4-1 flattered him. I didn't think it flattered him at all. Yeah, yeah I think I, I totally agree with you there. Two star performers on the night. Noel, when you looked at the performance, it was obviously Ender Curran scoring a hat-trick. That brings his total to... 16 goals uh, for the season as well in all competitions. A uh, really good night for in the current. Also as well, Willie Armstrong got on the score sheet, but it was what his performance deserved on the night, Noel. And those two guys were star performers and they really did drive the team on from the first minute. I think you're right. Look, we, we kind of speak every week about in the current and what a brilliant finisher he is. And you look at the three goals, you know, we were a bit worried about the penalties. Super penalty, unsavable, hard and low into the bottom corner. Lovely deft finish, uh, lovely little deft finish for, for the second goal where he just nicked it ahead of the goalkeeper in off the post. And the technique for the for the volley was outstanding for for the third goal. And you know, we do know he has it in in in, in the locker and in fairness to Tommy. He's brought it out of him this season probably more consistently than, than a lot of managers have managed over over a long period of time with Ender Kern. And maybe Ender Kern is looking at himself now at 30 years of age and has realised the, the gifts he has and said, well, I won't have too many more opportunities um, to play at this level and, and to show what I can do. And he's certainly been a huge signing for Treaty and probably one of the best finishers in the league, whether it's the First Division or the Premier League. I thought Willie Armshaw was outstanding um, and probably deserves even more credit than Ender Kern with the pedigree Ender has. I mean, Willie Armshaw has come in as a junior player Struggled a bit. Um, had a, you know some real good cameo roles next year, but he absolutely terrorised UCD um, right from the first minute on Friday night. Created a great chance for Endicorn when he nutmegged Sam Todd in the edge of the box, and all all during the game he was just outstanding. And look, he he must feel really good about himself. I remember when I was down in Wexford and Danny Furlong actually scored a hat trick when we beat Derry City four one in the FEI Cup. But uh, I had another person in my head as man of the match as well. And look, it's hard not to give the man of the match to the guy who scores the hat-trick because that's the eye-catching one. But certainly for me, Willie Armshaw was the best player on the pitch on, on Friday night. Yeah, Willie Armshaw, Armshaw has certainly improved his performances, Noel, because as I said to him in the interview I had with him afterwards, you know, he really did have to buy this time in general, not just last year, but this year he wasn't getting a lot of game time. There was clamour from supporters to get him on the field. Um he has taken his chance in the last few weeks, there's no doubt about it. And I mean, maybe in some ways the, the unknown factor has, has helped Willie out because, you know, coming up against Evan Ozam here, who I know would have been relatively familiar with, 
arm shot from last season. But, you know, because he's not a, a League of Ireland stalwart as such, I think that and the low centre of gravity helps as well with his dribbling skills. But it does seem to catch opposition players out and it's almost too late by the time they, they catch on to Willie. Yeah, I think you're right. I, I, you know, we spoke about UCD beating Dundalk last week. It looked to me as if it was a kind of a disadvantage to them and they came down in the wrong frame of mind thinking, well, if we can beat Dundalk, you know, we can certainly beat Treaty. Uh, their tactics were very poor from the start. Um, they lost the aerial battle, I thought, particularly Ben Reardon with those uh, switch balls, trying to switch the play. He attacked the ball in the air and UCD had no answer to that. I think they gave away five or six frees from attacking the man, if you like, or jumping with the man as opposed to jumping to win the ball. And um, I thought Evan Ozan was particularly poor. You know, he's probably one of the most experienced players they have. He's with them four or five years. He was actually involved with the team that won the league four or five years ago, even, even though halfway through the season, he did get a cruciate. But uh, certainly a night to forget for him. And um, I think Willie Armstrong will be a handful for anyone now between now and the end of the season who, uh, who comes up against him. Yeah, absolutely. And the semi-final draw, I know, Noel, we both mentioned last week that the draw had been relatively kind to Treaty until now with, with the fact that you had Usher and Maynooth in the earlier rounds. Obviously, you know, a great achievement then to beat UCD at home, uh, Premier Division opposition. But, you know, now you go into it. I remember looking at the draw last night and when I saw that Shelburne and Watford got each other, I was praying that Treaty would be the first name out of the hat. Unfortunately, Alan Keane picked out Derry City. Uh, first, so it's a trip to the Brandywell on Sunday, October 16th. It's confirmed now that it'll be on at two o'clock live on RT2 as well. So, obviously, a big day for the club, but I suppose not an ideal draw because not only are you traveling so far, Noel, but you're also playing against the best ranked team left in it now and a team who've just swept the side, Shamrock Rovers. Yeah, it was interesting to hear the show PRO on the local radio last night uh, predicting that Shamrock Rovers would be a good draw for them. Uh, in the semi-final, despite the fact that the match between uh, Shamrock Rovers and Derry City wasn't over, but certainly a tough draw for um, for Treaty, no doubt about it. I think they're we spoke about the draw being kind to them. That that look certainly ran out last uh, last night. But in fairness, I didn't. I don't think they care who they get at this stage. Look, they're in bonus territory. Um, all the games would have been difficult, you know, and there's certainly no expectation on them. I think. As regards Derry, and as, look, if if you want to win the cup at this stage, you're going to have to beat them, and they may well have a better chance of beating them in the semi-final than a final in uh, in Lansdowne Road. Um, it'll be a fantastic day. There'll be four or five thousand people there, and the atmosphere will be rocking. And look, they've nothing to uh, nothing to lose, and certainly if they have that frame of mind that they had last week and are nice and aggressive and attack the ball and put their bodies on the line, you know, who knows what may happen. Yeah, I know that it was 20 years ago, Noel, which makes me feel very old. No, I'm not sure about yourself, but obviously you had one of your greater nights in the Brandywell with Limerick FC, uh, where you couldn't even fill a subs bench, if I remember correctly, um, and won the won the League Cup against Derry City uh, on penalties. Uh, obviously, we've had videos of it in, in over COVID, and people have been reminded of that. So I suppose, will will you be picking up the phone to give some advice to maybe Treaty on, on how to win at the Brandywell? And obviously Limerick FC did it about six years ago as well in the League Cup, but this is, I suppose, a different level again. Yeah, it is, there's no doubt. And I don't feel that old in fairness because I was actually younger than some of the players we had at the time <laughs> as well. So uh, I certainly don't feel old, no, no. No, listen, it was a great time as well. And look, the draw certainly wasn't kind to us. Any any um, part of that competition where we were away to Galway United, then away to Cork City and uh, at home to Shamrock Rovers before we got to play Derry, you know. 
But uh, look, they'll Tommy will be ready for that. There's a lot of has been spoken about us, and it'll be something that we certainly won't forget. And uh, it's probably something that they should think about to say, look, it has been done before. It, it certainly makes a difference when you can point to something, you know, where it has happened before. And we had to beat them over two legs as well. So, you know, Treaty have the advantage of a one-off game with them where they don't get a chance to come back and, you know, right the wrong of it. But listen, it will be a difficult task. And, I, I you know, I've heard Tommy this season a few times uh, about 4G pitches. Well, that's something that they're going to have to get their heads around as well as the Randy will now is a 4G pitch, but um, mm. they'll get plenty of opportunity to to work on those surfaces if uh, while they're training outside Newell. Yeah, just looking at that atmosphere yesterday between Derry City and Shamrock Rovers, I suppose in some ways, even though it was a smaller crowd, it was similar to the reaction the Derry players were over with their supporters uh, cheering on after such a, a big victory, Noel. Um, in some ways, I suppose, even though it can be a daunting task playing with that kind of, against that kind of ferocious crowd and, and players, it can also galvanise an away team as well, can't it, when it kind of feels like a bit of us against the world on the night when there's only going to be probably a relatively small band of hardcore 3 fans there. Yeah, and I, I have to agree with that. And I thought we had the advantage, even though our match was on at, say, 7.45, but we travelled the night before and stayed in Valley Buffet. You know, and we headed off nice and early and, you know, we were together, you know, for a good 24 hours before the game. And it, it does make a difference. And Treaty would probably travel on the same day and, and, and maybe come in dribs and drabs as such to their away matches this season. And I'm sure they'll stay overnight, with, you know, with a two o'clock start and it'll give them a real chance to uh, to really pull together. And that is certainly an advantage because, you know, with Derry, they'll just be turning up on the Sunday, maybe an hour and a half or two hours before the kickoff. Yeah, definitely. And just to, to finish the discussion maybe on the semi-final until three weeks' time, three and a half weeks' time when we discuss it in further detail, we discussed a couple of the big calls. Obviously, Jack Lynch was out. It's, we believe it could be a recurrence of the injury that he had suffered with for a couple of months. That was So Ben Arreard did slot back in. There was no decision in the end to be made for Tommy. But one decision he did make was that Conor Wynn retained his place in goals, Noel. Now, look, it was hard to judge anything the other night because he wasn't really tested, as you said, truly dominated throughout. But now it really does come to, to fruition there, Dave. What, what do you do? Do you put Jack Brady back in, who's been your number one in the league for a semi-final? Or do you stick with a man who's who's played with you through all the rounds of the FAI? Yeah, well, obviously, as you said, there's four there's four weeks to go. So assuming the two of them stay fit between now and then, like if there is a decision to be made, I would <laughs> feel that I would go with, with, with Jack Brady for that semi-final. And while Conor win, you know, he had a, he had a fine game. We did note in the first 10 or 15 minutes, there was a couple of strikes went in on the ground and they, you know, they kind of came off him a little bit. And, and on another night, maybe someone was, you know, you think if Colin Whelan was there from last year, you know, if he was in around the box then and he got a little nick on those, you know, the 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 tone of the game just might have been a little bit different uh, as it turned out. But I think, in, you know, at that stage, if you're playing the semi-final of the FBI Cup, I think you've got to go with your best 11. And look, it's out, It's evident that Jack Brady is certainly the number one keeper there. And I would expect that if both of them are fit on, on, on the night, then Jack Brady will start that game. Yeah, certainly. And, and that, I mean, caps our chat on the, the cup, I suppose. You'll have to retor- return to league focus now, Treaty. It's an earlier kickoff, Noel, in Bishopsgate this week against Longford Town. Treaty travel uh, to the Midlands due to the, the Irish game. I, I would assume, obviously, four o'clock start. Treaty have a very good record, Noel, against Longford. A good one, anyway. A very good 3-0 win 
against them in the last outing at the Maxfield and also 2-0 all draws. So they haven't conceded against Longford yet. Now, the, the pessimist in me thinks that, you know, it's rare that you can keep that up against any any side in, in any league. But, you know, it's it's interesting, though, because if Treaty do win, even though they'll have two more games, or sorry, a game more played than Longford, it brings it back to one point. So that could really open up uh, the playoff places as such in terms of where you finish in the league. Yeah, and I suppose, look, the, the worry or the thing that they're going to have to watch out for this week is the high that, that they're on now. And, you know, we spent the first 15 or 20 minutes talking about the Cup and, and the match that's on in four weeks' time. And if you go back to uh, Wexford having a great win above in Sligo, the following week they kind of slumped to poor performance. And uh, I think it was a two-all draw with Cove maybe or, you know, they kind of knocked the wind out of their sails and look... It, it is an important game, obviously, because it's their next game and they want to finish as high as they can and pick up as much points as they can. And I think the the key thing about this week is getting everyone's feedback on the ground and tell them, look, we'll we'll deal with the Cup in a couple of weeks, but we have a couple of really important league games. They'll want to put that playoff place to bed. You know, sooner or later, they're going to get it. But look, the sooner that they nail it, the better. And they could certainly do that this weekend. Um, They'll want to put in a good performance. You know, you guys now who will be having one eye in that semi-final and maybe wanting to play themselves into the team because in four weeks, a lot of things can happen, injuries and suspensions and, and things like that. And uh, provided that they do that, you know, you would fancy them to get at least a point uh, on Saturday. I think they would be happy with, with an away point to Longford um, at this stage of the season. Yeah, one of senior soccer Soccer's finer moments was when Limerick FC won the league in Longford in 2012, Noel, in recent years. So be hoping for uh, something similar. It won't be of the same level, obviously, but to get to a playoff and seal that on, on Saturday would be superb for 3D United uh, second season in a row as well uh, for that. I suppose considering, Noel, we, we don't know anything, any update in terms of injuries outside of the Jack Lynch situation. Considering 3D have won three games on the bounce, albeit all at home, three games on the bounce now, they're in great form going into this game. I assume your mind probably is saying, you know, I've got to keep the same team if they're all fit and available to play outside of maybe Jack Brady come back in for Conor Wynn. I would expect Jack Brady to come back in, yeah. Um, it'll be interesting to see if, if Jack Lynch appears in, in the squad this week, but uh, he'll be itching to get back on again now because uh, he'll relish an opportunity to play in the brandy well other than that I can't see too many um, changes in the team you know when you've guys in form and scoring goals like we didn't mention Dean George because of the outstanding performances the other two but certainly played very well I thought you know Mark Walsh really marshaled that central midfield you know and any any high balls down the middle between the three of them Shane Gearns and Callum Mack and Mark Walsh they dealt with everything that came their way and guys are really in form. And you could see the likes of Joel Costrain coming on then. He was a bit more direct, I thought, than than normally. Because obviously, when things are going as well as this, everyone wants to be part of it. So certainly a few selection headaches for Tommy. But I'd be inclined to stick with the guys in form and put it up to the people who um, who are not playing at the moment to, to show in training. And certainly when they get a chance to come onto the pitch, what they can do. Yeah, certainly. I know when Mark Walsh came back originally, you know, straight away, Callum McNamara for the first two games, I believe, <clears throat> if I'm not mistaken, was put back into midfield. Mark Walsh played at centre-back. I think that was changed after the Atlone defeat. Uh, does it seem to be like, now like Callum Mack stays at the moment for Treaty in midfield? They're definitely over and he's been fully converted to centre-back now. I think so. I think probably the catalyst for it was his performance in Atlone 
in terms of passing, you know, gave away a couple of loose passes, I think, um, in that game that proved to be very costly for Treaty on the night. And look, their their partnership, like, it's it's pretty good. I think it's a, similar enough to, was it Anthony McDonald last year and Shane Gearns? And uh, they certainly look like that. They're, you know, there's a bit of chemistry between the two of them and with Mark Walsh in front of them, protecting them. It looks a real solid um, back three in the central area in the last five or six games. Yeah, it certainly does. And hopefully Treaty can come out on top of that clash with Longford and keep that unbeaten run against Longford going on Saturday. We better move on now, Noel, to a very topical issue. Obviously, Ireland are on, into their Nations League campaign, return to action in the Nations League uh, this weekend, where they, they face Scotland at Hamden Park before playing Armenia uh, three days later in the Aviva Stadium. They finished off on a high, you know, in the in the last uh, period, you know, with a, a good draw against Ukraine and obviously beating Scotland in style at home as well. The squad was named, obviously, Stephen Kenny recently. A couple of surprises. Um, Max O'Leary, who we haven't seen a lot of uh, from Bristol City, a goalkeeper, uh, was selected in the squad. And also, I suppose, as well, you've got Callum O'Dowda, who hasn't been picked for, for maybe a while. He's with Cardiff City now. He was involved again. And maybe... The biggest but le- the least surprising was the return of Robbie Brady because apparently he's been in great form with, with Preston North End uh, this season. He he returns to the fold as well. So um, a few changes maybe to the squad and all, but I suppose not, not a huge amount of surprises either, obviously. No, I think you're always going to get that. And in fairness to Robbie Brady, like we always said about the pedigree that he had, like being a, a youth at Manchester United and uh, took, you know, he's has been in fits and starts. Remember the, the Euros in 2016, you know, with his goal against Italy and around that time, he certainly was in great form. And I suppose Stephen is looking at the, the setup of the team, you know, with the wing backs and certainly on the left-hand side, you know, you'd worry a little bit about Ender Stevens. His, his form hasn't been great over the last 12 or 18 months, certainly since mm. uh, Sheffield United were relegated out of the <laughs> Premier League. And, you know, he's probably short on options there. And uh, to bring someone in with that experience and certainly with a bit of form, it's, it gives him options, particularly when they have two games to play in in a matter of three or four days. Yeah, it certainly does. Um, um, just to move on as well to their actual coming, it is a in terms of Nations League, Noel. You know, optimism can dwindle very quickly, as as we know, because you go in out to this game against Scotland. Ireland are currently on four points. You have Scotland uh, currently on six, and Ukraine on seven. But Ukraine and Scotland both have a game in hand. So you look at it, Scotland. Feature, then there's almost all of a sudden again a bit of doom and gloom going into the game against Armenia. So it you know these are important games now for Stephen Kenny. I think there there is you know and he's kind of you know they've had a lot of ups and downs if you like and people are desperate you know for a consistent run and you you know you can come out and talk about you know the future and what's happening in the future and that but I, I think it is a very very important game to them. They were certainly fantastic the last time against Scotland and. You know, in fairness to them, they've been pretty decent in the away games. Certainly have given away, if you like, a couple of soft goals. There's less of them happening now. And certainly important if they can keep a clean sheet. You you think with that group they have and with the enthusiasm they have that they, they certainly have a chance. But you're right, the, the Scotland game Saturday is certainly a real pivotal game um, for this year. I'd imagine, Noel, considering the personnel available anyway, 3-5-2 might be the preferred choice for them with the likes of Duffy, Egan... Uh, and Nathan Collins uh, able to play for him at, the, at his disposal on, on Saturday. Yeah, and I think that was for, like that idea 
was further strengthened by the fact of him bringing Robbie Brady into the mm. squad because I think if they were playing a flat back four, there mightn't be room for him. So, look, most of the matches he's gone, he's gone with that. And in fairness, some players have, you know, benefited from that formation even in terms of their own um, <coughs> club careers. Matt Doherty being a particular uh, good example of that. He seemed to, you know, get himself going and our our own local recruit, Ogbeni as well, I think that, you know, the international boost he's got has certainly helped his club form. So if we can maybe see a couple of more lads like that, you mentioned Colm O'Dowd. I always liked him on the pitch really for his pace. And he looks a guy with a bit of upside. And uh, hopefully if he can, if he stays fit now, we might see a bit more of him in, in the next uh, six to nine months. Yeah, certainly. And I know that Liam Scales was called in because Andrew Amabemadile was injured at the weekend so that's another League of Ireland representative but in big news for, for Limerick as a whole Noel, uh, Dara Costello the Burnley player was called into the Irish under 21 squad we're getting closer Noel, to bridging that gap maybe of having a, a Limerick native in the, the Irish senior squad it's been quite a while Yeah listen it would be fantastic and coming from a great sporting family as well Um, and look at the that's a difficult gap to bridge as well. But uh, certainly he seems to be in the right club and he's getting plenty of exposure. And, uh, you know, if he can create a story, if you like, in that under-21 side, that's going pretty well in fairness. Then um, it may be sooner rather than later we see that happy uh, happen and we certainly will be happy about that.